Well, Jay, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling a little cooped up here. It's time. Uh, it's time for a move. I think get some uh, some space, some bigger yard, that kind of thing. What do you think? You are really gonna move, but like that's like that's a big deal. Like you can't do it that. It is a big deal. You're, you're scared to even leave your living room. <laughs> it's a. It seem what seems like a big deal moving isn't when you use the right people. You can use these sell your own home situations where you're you're bartering with a guy in your driveway for 45 minutes and you end up selling for $3 or you can use a professional that makes moving actually simple. Who are we going to use? But the problem is obviously Tom, but my worry is like you're so far, you're in Orleans. Tom will come to Orleans, he'll go to Russell, he'll go to Clarence Creek, he'll go to west of the Westie Village, wherever it is out there. <laughs> he'll go anywhere for you and make that experience that you were talking about of nervous or a lot of work, make it seem like nothing. Bastion and Ferguson will literally smooth out the easiest move of your life. Wow, even in Orleans, I just can't get over that. Yeah, once you hit 10th line, 11th line, 14th line, he's still coming. He's driving in his brand new Dodge Caravan, carries his family around in, will sell your home. That's what I'm looking for, an easy ride with Bastion and Ferguson. Look them up, he's gonna sell you quick and easy. Okay, um, I'm going to go into a cold open with you, Tim, and then I'm going to introduce these two uh, ugly guys that we have on, <laughs> on this uh, program, okay? Um, what would you keep or let go from the pandemic? So all you have to say is keep or let go, and I'm going to name some things, okay? Feel free to go elaborate if you want, but you say keep or let go. Zoom keep. meetings. Zoom meetings. Keep. Ooh. You like them. Oh my God, I can't stand them, even though we're on one right now. <laughs> We've turned it into a programming solution for kids who don't have access to stuff. Oh, I feel and so stupid. Jay, you're now, you're now Jay, <laughs> one <laughs> foot like tall. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Jay, did you just kick a baby in the hallway? That was just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, Tim's winning. Okay, exercise anytime you want. Say that again. Exercise. Oh, what do you mean I exercise in, in, in the pandemic? Yeah, because like you don't have to, you can do it anytime you want. It's a stupid question, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I haven't exercised in seven months, so. <laughs> yeah. Leave. Okay, okay. Indifferent. You're indifferent. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no family reunions. Ooh, that's Keep a bad Let go. I would like to let that go, yeah. 
love that. No work parties. You're pretty cool. <laughs> no, you might have I cool stuff. Work parties. I, I, okay, I, you got I, a cool I, staff. I have an awesome staff. Um, so I would love to see them in person and have a few drinks and have some laughs. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. There's two more. Cutting your own hair. Well, okay. This is a good one. So you can see that I, this is a new thing. You can see my hairline here. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Bigger it is on this side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We see, we've always, look at, I mean, look what happens, Jay, with cutting your own hair. You get a square sideburn like we've talked yeah. about. Maybe that's, <laughs> that's a, a new thing. Well, it so, saves me 50 bucks, but there you go. one of our best sponsors for the last 10 years is my uh, barber. So. Ah. Yeah, I, okay, I, so I, uh, I want to go back to the barbershop. Yeah, just to support. And help them out. And help them out. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Shout out to Linda. Last... <laughs> yes, Linda. In where? where? What part of Edmonton? Uh, White Avenue. White Avenue. There you go. Edmonton Linda, White Avenue. Yeah. yeah. We'll see Linda. <laughs> um, and the last one is, would you keep or let go losers thinking they can make podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> Like, let's be honest. I don't know anyone that would fall into that camp. So. Oh, okay, yeah. good, oh. good. Well, but we're okay. only two minutes in, so I might take So, Tim, um, I'm going to introduce you in a second. I'll introduce these guys um, to you just so you get an idea. Steven is a highly regarded coach and community builder in, this, in, in soccer in the area, and it's no secret he got some uh, from his dad, Pat O'Kane, who uh, – is a cl there's club awards named after him and a pitch in Ottawa named after him. I know you're in Ottawa, so it, I don't know if you were there at the time. It was called the Pat O'Kane Field. Um, Mark is a mastermind behind many sports ventures in the city. He built like a Ukrainian club, obviously with help, but he was the mastermind behind it from nothing to something, which is incredible um, and a massive part of growing the game at the grassroots level now. So both are passionate like you about growing the game. Now, guys, I'm going to introduce to Tim and to the listeners. Tim is a madman, okay? People can't see him, but he's a madman. Like, I talked to this guy for an hour and a half, and my brain was on the floor, and I was staring at myself, like, in an alternative world. It was like, I, I, I cold-called you out of the blue. Like, I just need to know what you're doing. And he's a Carlton grad, so for the locals, he's a, he's a Carlton grad. He left his job with CBC and started on a venture to change the way sports are run at Edmonton. He's forthright. That's what I love about you. I love your tweets, by the way. He uh, values integrity and he builds up those around him. And that's what you, with the staff parties. I wanted to catch you on that. But I, like the staff you have, I, I go on it from time to time. And it's pretty incredible. You can go in that a little bit later. Yeah. So his venture is free footy. And can you start us off? Because I, I would butcher what it actually is. Can you start us off? What Can you give us a description for the people? I'm not sure what free footy is in Edmonton for now um what what it is what's free footy yeah so the whole premise of free footy is that um every kid should be free to play and there should be no barriers to access and so it started uh i'll get into the story if you really want me to jason but um it started 13 years ago with like me coaching at the highest need school in the city and uh, i coached junior high there that led to all the junior high and high school, uh, kids needed to bring their brothers and sisters to games because they were the eldest in the family. So we'd run onto the field with my team of 15 and then like 30 other kids. 
came in, became unsustainable. So we're like, mm, what should I do? We made another team for the little guys and girls. They had no one to play against. Asked three more schools, hey, you want to put in a team? Turned to a league. Then there was eight. Then there were 16. Then there was 24. Then there was 36. And then there were 64 schools for oh. school. And now we do four different sports and I'm wearing the free footy uh, badge for you folks because I thought that would be appropriate, but we've changed to the, the main name is now free play and free footy sits under there, free basketball, free hockey and free uh, flag football. And so um, we, we strive to really serve um, vulnerable marginalized youth to have the opportunity to play and to reduce those barriers and really like the kicking the ball thing I could care less like how good you are at it just get the space to be safe and belong to a community and um find uh, a, a good mentor hopefully and as i always say hopefully find a best friend too because we all know what it means to be on a team make a best friend and how far that can take you in life and in good times but also in those bad ones you just you don't maybe have the same family support as some of us are blessed to have that friend can really bail you out in some in some dark times so that's that's what we do yeah so but you you left your job at cbc like i, I don't know if there's more to that but like you, you that's like nobody has the guts like i don't have the guts to do that like and i want to do that i want to say like i don't i never want my wife to meet you because you're going to be like <laughs> like you are a better person than my husband like like uh, yeah. what 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 was the thing that just made you okay I'm, that's it i'm done uh it got really big like really fast and i didn't really actually like notice how big it got it just kind of just kept growing and growing and all of a sudden it was ginormous. And so uh, we hired someone like myself, I have a board of directors, hired someone um, to run the program and she did an amazing job. And then she got a better job because she did an amazing job. And then we were like, uh oh, we only have one person running this whole thing now. How do we transfer this over? So that happened. And at the same time, I actually really wasn't loving my job much anymore. Um, you know, I was a journalist for a long, long time. I worked on the morning show for a long, long time. And I uh, loved the people that I, I worked with to bits, but I was getting pretty tired of the culture there, quite frankly. So the timing was great. Um, you know, the program needed me and it was growing and we hadn't really noticed after a, a decade of doing this, the ripple effect it was having everywhere. Wow. And then the work stuff of just being like, eh, I'm good like this. I'm tired of telling stories about good people. I want to be one of them. So. <laughs> yeah, Jay. I, I don't know if I'm going to run over like five of your questions here, but like <laughs> go for it. You saying that sparked like a million questions in my head. I mean, you hired a staff person yeah. to run your thing. And how do you hire somebody if it's free? Like, how are you paying this person? Like, is it through sponsors? Like how, like how are you hiring people and how are you living in a place with four walls right now? Yeah. So we have a, we have, I mean, again, it took us, 13 years to get to where we are now. So we do have actually uh, today versus the, when I was talking about before, we have a core staff of about five. And then um, in the past, it had to be, we had all of teachers volunteering to bring the kids to programming. Obviously in a pandemic that can't happen. And we really just didn't want to stress out teachers anymore by even trying to suggest that. So we flipped every single one of those relationships over to be what's called, a, we call them a youth leader. And they're now the principal person that goes to the school, meets the bus there, gets, uh, health screens everyone, gets them on the bus and brings them to programming. That's a whole other conversation about providing safe space in a pandemic and why we're allowed to do that. Um, but so there's a whole army of people doing this stuff now. There's like 30 of us at the moment trying to pull all this stuff together. 
and the, most of the funding predominantly comes from, um, to be frank, a, a lot of our subsidy, a lot of our wages right now is covered by um, federal subsidies from the federal government, a wage subsidy. Um, then the, the province has actually been fantastic to us in the last couple of years with giving us some operating grants to, you know, pay for staff and recognizing the value of what we do. Um, we have a really big grant actually from the federal government through Sport Canada and Heritage Canada. And that's a three-year pilot project to um, change the face of coaching. So coaching doesn't look like me. Um, it looks like the Canada. And um, then the other one we have is another really big partner of ours is Canadian Tire Jumpstart. And mm. they, uh, they, they have been backing me personally and uh, free footy and now free play for eight years and have been the largest sponsor for a very long time. And then on top of that, I'll add the last piece. The last piece is um, in the past, can't do it this year as much, but every single one of those teams was sponsored for $1,000. So if you had 64 teams, uh, sorry, 64 schools and two teams per school, 128 teams, every single team, we worked to find a sponsor for that team for a thousand bucks. Wow. Um, and those, that's the beauty of it. We made everyone else. So you all could sponsor a team and then we make you a logo and then we put it on the shirt and wow. then the, like your team. And so Linda, who I mentioned earlier, was one of the first sort of adopters of this. There's a Barbara Haw um, team, many teams <laughs> all over the place. So then that started rolling into corp more small corporate sponsorship. And then it, that turned into this snowball of like 10, 15, 20 people coming together who don't even know each other. I'm like, I want to sponsor a team together. And then we get them all in a room and come up with a team name and make them a logo. And then they'd show up to games and we'd be like their team. So that right there, cool. that alone is covered the basic operating costs of not the staffing side, but the cost of the program. Because it was a thousand bucks for a team that covered the busing, the uniforms, and it was mainly outside. So there wasn't a lot of other costs. Um, yeah. And that's kind of where we are. Jay, I'm going to jump in for two seconds and I want to sit back. I'm taking notes. Like I have half a page yes. of notes. I, I don't know. I don't know if I've taken notes ever on our podcast. Yeah. yeah. I, I love everything you said. I don't want to derail it. All I want to say is as soon as you said we could sponsor a team, yeah. I want to sponsor a team. I yes. want to give you the logo, but I'm going to take it too far. I want to go to Edmonton and coach the team and I want to win every game in your league. <laughs> I, I'm just like, I feel so passionate already about this. And I just yeah. heard you talk for five minutes. Okay, anyways, yeah. carry on. Jay. How good would a team called Soccer Snobs be? Oh. Like, that would be the legendary <laughs> oh team. God. Oh, there's so many good teams. There's like the Laser Cats, and it's a it's a cat <laughs> with lasers shooting out of his eyes. <laughs> no way. Oh, there's, there's so many good ones. Just That's so amazing. many good ones. And then other yes. people. Also, just to turn this quite a little bit darker, but also really beautiful at the same time. Lots of other folks have used it as a memorial rather than, you know, as wow. someone close yeah. to them passes away. This yeah. is the way for them to remember that loved one in their life and keep their legacy going. And they sponsor a team every year under that name. That's, a, is, that's an amazing idea. So many beautiful ways to turn this thing, right? When you, yeah. Honestly, so how could we never told me? Having a, a ground game um, and lots of real sponsors from, um, yeah some of the bigger groups but we really started with a, a lot of smaller folks and i don't mean that in a mean way but smaller yeah. organizations, yeah. local yeah. shops and local people just believing in what we're doing and they still do now we are we are soccer now this is crazy like to go along like and because we're talking about how it started like 
we are soccer snobs. So why did it start with soccer? Like maybe you can touch on kind of your background and, and why it started with soccer. And then you can maybe go on how it grew and yeah. elaborate on that. For sure. Um, it, my love has always been the game. Um, as a kid, it was like, I played a lot of sports and I was always like mediocre, I guess, at, or average at everything, like kind of good, but not great. Not good enough to be like good. Um, and soccer for me was kind of like my safe space and all of it, quite frankly. It was like the sport where it wasn't a lot of jocks and it wasn't, you know, it was just so many different people came into that space. Um, and all my great friendships, actually a lot of them came from there. And then most of my good mentors came from there too. Of coaches or just adult figures who came into, in and out of my life. Um, yeah. And then like my dad is from Stoke. So okay. it's like okay. kind of born into me in that regard. Um, I, I don't know. And then, and then so many of my good memories have, have come from being on a, on a pitch with people who I, I don't know or don't speak the, speak the same language and we just, you know, can kick a ball. So it kind of turned from that. And then uh, when I came to Edmonton, I was looking to coach again and I came here with a, a bicycle and a hockey bag full of stuff and that's it and I wanted to really coach so I was emailing around different associations and I just didn't really want to coach anywhere I wanted to coach somewhere where I was kind of like make an impact and yeah. so yeah that's how I ended up at this school because I actually went to tell a story there and that turned into me talking to the principal and that turned into me volunteering a day a week two days a week three days a week and then really becoming kind of a big father figure for a lot of kids in the school and and once you get to that point you just can't stop as i always say to my staff it's like you have to let the kids in to scar your heart hmm. because once that's happened you can't go back hmm. and there's a fine balance obviously of you know being trauma-informed and not letting not letting that carry off into the rest of your life too much but you need those experiences to believe in what you're doing and i i've got i have so many of them i have hundreds of stories of my heart being scarred in pretty painful ways and me being very privileged of where I'm standing and just thinking, man, like I can't, I can't, once you see a fire, you can't just look away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think I mentioned, like we talked about this in our first kind of my conversation with you on the phone and you were so kind to even like talk to me. I was like, who is this guy from Ottawa? But I just want, I couldn't get my head around everything. You would say something like, wait a minute, you did what? And I'm like trying to write down everything. Uh, like, would would someone like would we be able to are how many alfonso davies are we missing by not doing something like free footy or how many athletes are we not accessing by not having free footy in every single city uh you know like i'm gonna take it one way i'll go back the other way the first yeah. thing we're missing is we're missing just creating safe space for vulnerable kids and using sport as the anchor to do that or play or whatever you want to call it. You know, it can, honestly, any sort of group activity, it could be dance, it could be drama, it could be a part of a band, um, creating that free space that truly is inclusive and tries to really knock out the, all the barriers. Cause there's a lot and people get them mi mixed up of what they actually are. So I think we're actually just missing on creating good, good citizens and good humans. Quite frankly, I think we're missing out on not just the Alfonso's and, the star athletes of the world we're missing out on the next prime minister and the next city politician and the next great, doctor, great engineer and great lawyer and great doctor and nurse and welder and we're just missing out on so much human potential because we create this like perception of what sport or in our case soccer is supposed to be like it's uh, i don't know like why do we care so much about like getting 20 great 
guys and gals onto national teams like yeah cool but can't we use this sport a bit more intentionally to like not address the 0.5% of the population, but the 99.5% of the population we should really be serving, which is, again, using the sport to address our social, emotional, and mental health. That's what we should be doing. Everything else is, quite frankly, bullshit. Like, in my mind. Like, yeah. yeah. Has no value. Again, I'm not, I'm not letting my wife hear any of your answers because, <laughs> or my question, I immediately regret asking that question because I totally remember our conversation now, but I, like, just because from our perspective from where we're currently coaching and stuff like that. And it's good. It's a good reminder for us to take a step back and go, okay, look, who have we coached that has actually even made it that far? Nobody, but our, whoever we're coaching, you know, I, I know one former player, he's, he just became a lawyer and he, he was uh, helping me uh, and two summers ago. And like, why isn't that a success? You're right. Like it's now it's like, I love that, but I'm still not letting my wife listen to this. But maybe well, I, like I just want to I'll question. piggyback on that yes. one time. Like yes. it should be a success if kids come back to you and are healthy and happy and ha- are employed if they want to be. Um, maybe they have a family uh, and they are confident in themselves and taking care of themselves. Like that's your job as a coach. Yeah. Everything else is again like it, it's 0.5%. Yeah, 99.5% is everything we just talked about. So like put yeah. that at the top, which is what we do at our in our practice plans. We have a social emotional health component at the wow. top of every practice plan. And that is the key. That That's the message. That's the thing we care about. The dribbling, the basketball, the soccer ball, hitting the puck, like whatever. That's just, there's the bait and the carrot. Right. Right. Uh, you're like, you're blowing my hair back right now. Like, <laughs> and you're also writing my team, like my, my, uh, my parents <laughs> meeting coat like <laughs> next year. Like I'm just like, and it's funny because, and I don't want to just keep ribbing on this, but like, I'm, like, you know, I'm on that more of that side as a coach. Yeah. I'm in a smaller club where it's like, I'm really basing this on creating leaders to leave. Like, I, I'm not really yeah. into that, you know, and I mean, not to your extent, because I, you know, I'm in a competitive club, what we don't with yeah. quotes, right? It's like, but I really, I'm really resonating with this. And, and the big thing for me, what you said here is, uh, is being safe. And human potential safe is, is a big one for me because I know this whole, there's a lot of coaches that just kind of let kids be and let the, let the kids sort it. I don't, I don't, I like that to a degree, but the let kids sort it out whole situation can turn unsafe real quick uh, in terms of yeah. emotions and or physicality. But, and I think that's a big thing for coaches to understand is to really focus on like everybody being completely comfortable on the field. And when they show up, not being, you know, you know, yeah. anyway, so that's just a quick point. I wanted to say that I really resonate with that. I really yeah. love that. Yeah. That's good. And, and like safety for us is, and probably safety for actually quite a few of your kids and you don't know, it is not just like the safety of like how you do the thing on the field. When I say a safe space it's because you don't have a safe home to be in. Yeah. Right. Like you don't, um, you, you're in an abusive home. You're, um, in a single parent family where that parent is working multiple jobs and they're not home when you need them to be home all the time and they can't be it's impossible like there's there's those levels of safety that we deal with on a very regular basis um, in a really sad way but also again scarring your heart of these things happen and you say well, yeah but if we weren't there where would they go which takes us back to this covid thing that i was talking about a bit before is we have this stay-at-home language and i agree I 100% agree for me 
and probably for you guys, I'm making assumptions, but we should stay home and my kids should stay home. And my kids should also be willing to take the sacrifice for other people who cannot stay home. You can't tell people to go home. If they don't have a fucking home. I think it doesn't yeah, work. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. They stay home. There's nowhere to go. They don't have a home. They don't have a safe place. And that's where these, some. Um, that's why kind of the space that we still exist in of being able to program a bit still is thankfully the government here has recognized that, yeah, there needs to be some exceptions to these rules for certain people to be able to still go somewhere safe. We've actually doubled down on our programming. Kids used wow. to only be able to come twice a week. We've made it so they can come five times a week. Wow. So, because we have to, there's just, you have to, again, once you see the fire, you can't just turn your back to it. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't work like that. So, yeah. And, and probably like on that note, and I don't know if this is related, but I remember you mentioning in, in our conversations, like, you know, you, there was a point where, you know, you set up the buses and I was, remember I was asking, I was harping you on the buses, like, wait a minute, talk to me about the buses. <laughs> now, you know, people at home thinking, what the hell is he talking about a, a, a bus? I've already butchered two questions where you made me look like an idiot, um, but in a good way. But like <laughs> with the buses, like why are the buses important? And maybe, you know, because hmm. the buses is a transportation. And like what happens after and in the first couple of years when the program is done at 5 30 or six o'clock or whatever it's yeah. done yeah. what happened that time yeah so the the transportation piece and thanks for the prompt it, it's like everyone always assumes it's the registration of fees and equipment that's the barrier to participation but it's actually not um the biggest barrier to do participation is the transportation in the time of day because yeah, we give you like the cleats and we give you the uniform and we pay for your fees and then you're just standing at your front door. <laughs> yeah. You can't go anywhere, right? Like it makes yeah. no sense. So that's, um, but we also know from all the research that the most critical time in a child's day is after school between that 3.30 and 6 p.m. kind of window when, yeah, mom and dad or guardian um, may be working or have other commitments and there's no one to look after you. So you need things to do. And all our teachers, we can't ask them to work anymore. There's, there's a space, there's a gap. So I, when we started, I was like so methodical about this and people always ask me questions about it. it was nuts. Like I just, I stared at Google maps forever and plotted every single school on little maps and then made leagues like regional leagues based on geography that everything was in walking distance. I would never let any school in unless it was within walking distance. Wow. That's amazing. And then that turned to just getting so many requests and the funding kind of started moving up a tiny bit. So then some schools, like it started with, I remember once we're way in the Northeast and uh, the school actually there is uh, the main anchor population at the time. There was a trailer park and the principal was just like, we need this. Like you have to do this. Wow. Okay. Well, you got to pay for half the bus. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, we'll figure yeah. that out. So, you know, that's how it kind of started. And then that turned to, okay, well, we, can't just do this and it actually turned to you can't just have a six week season or eight week season it needs to be more than that which turned to indoor which turned to they can't walk there to an indoor facility which turned to buses and then i hated the buses for literally the longest time and i still kind of hate them um because they cost a bomb yeah it's 185 dollars a bus and right now we're running five buses a day five times a week oh wow um and then there's like the challenge of just a bus like it has to get there on time and there's so many liabilities and factors you can't control yeah. um but the beauty of it is when the bus shows up to the school and someone is there waiting to get you on the bus you can't you can't go anywhere else 
you can't get a text from your buddy and be like, hey, let's go to the mall. Like, nope, the bus right there, you're, you're on the bus. So it really turned into this piece of like, no, this is like the way, this is the tool, right? This is a real tool. And we've been getting even smarter about that. With COVID, it's a lot trickier, but we program the bus now. We program the conversations that happen on the bus and use that time intentionally. We try to use like every minute we have these kids intentionally. Because you think about all the fun bus ride or car rides you have with your team, right? With your kids, like that's where the magic happens. Yeah. Fun stuff happens and all the good conversations. And then, so that's really kind of been a bit of a blessing actually in some regards is, is this space where we're all sitting together. Like I've been on buses with kids tons of times and love to make songs about my beard and you know, <laughs> whatever. Like I'll yeah. just talk about Disney movies or whatever the case may be or serious conversations too, but now we use it really intentionally for a, a social, emotional, mental health lesson of the day. We try to start drip feeding that in there and when they get to the facility with, with our youth leaders. And then when they get to the facility, the coaches echo it again. And then on the way home, the youth leaders echo it again. So you hear that message wow. kind of three times. Um, yeah. So that's, that's the, the bus. That's, in, that's and incredible. The so like, I flirted with buying a bus. So I won't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know as a, I'm a teacher as well, yeah. like buses yeah. aren't cheap and it's like even going to a field trip, like, you know, you get one a year because we just can't afford any more. So it's like, I, we want to go everywhere, but it's sorry, we can only afford one. Yeah. So that's incredible hurdle that you guys, uh, so what I wanted to you to add, um, cause I asked the two parter, but I'll remind you is, oh, is yeah, no, no worries. Um, is, when the kids are done yes um like i that that had an impact on me and i didn't forget that conversation like you alluded to some things that kind of like really made an impact on you as well like what what happens when they're done they just go home like how do they get home <sighs> um <laughs> well when they so when they get dropped off after programming which now is usually about five thirty-six. um the uh, most kids this is the tricky another tricky part that we've got kind of stuck in is we used to have to design it so that if you couldn't walk home after programming you couldn't come um and we we're starting to get a bit better at that and the scare on that one quite frankly is it uh, how long can someone wait if a parent doesn't show up or a guardian doesn't show up like right our staff. right which is the same problem you'd go on challenge you go through at schools, right? Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. But then the secondary challenge is also like, we we're pretty, we have to be really diligent. So we have to make sure that the person who's picking this kid up is who they say they are. Yeah. Which that's become really challenging too. So we have to ID check every single person, even if it's their parent and we know who they are. We like, and we've seen them. Every, if it was you and your kids, we have to ID check you every time. Um, but I think like, I'm not like, don't remember exactly what you're prompting me on. This no, topic. I know it was more like, you know, sometimes they weren't able to, you know, think, you know, there's some kids that wouldn't get picked up uh, for whatever reason. And it was like, you know, it's. Yeah. There's, there's nowhere to go. Like program is done. Where do you go? Mm -hmm. I mean, the, at least like we filled two hours of it. Of yeah. where you go. Um, and it, you know, I'll just keep harping on this kind of message track, but in this COVID space, again, it's like, you have nowhere to go ever is it actually going to reduce transmission by saying stay home no because you're going to go 
friend A, then friend B, then friend C, then grandmas, then aunties, then uncles, then cousins, then shopping mall, and you have nowhere to go. So isn't it better to create a focused um, attempt to make sure it's safe, health screened, all that kind of stuff, like rather than just like, you know, run loose? Like what, where are they yeah. going to go? So, so have yeah. you had like arguments and not to jump in, just to jump in there, have you had like, are people giving you stick for, for doing oh, this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my uh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, all the time. Um, and I get it. I do get it because it usually comes from a place of being ill-informed. You know, you see a bus pull up to a facility and you're like, they can't do that. And like, yeah. they don't know why that's happening. Um, and, and we have a lot of advocates out there who will stand up for it including the folks at the facility who've been fantastic If every other facility is shut down and they're, you know, we worked with the health department and children's services and looked at the act and made sure they were doing things appropriately. And um, to be doing what we do, we built a whole app for screening. So every kid, when they, before they get on the bus, their health screen following an AHS, Alberta health services here, checklist, their temperature checked. They're put on a spot on the bus. We take a photo of exactly where they're sitting. Um, so that's documented. We have every name, every piece of information on them. And if they, it doesn't happen a lot because they're kids to be completely transparent about it, but if they said like one of these symptoms, they can't come on the bus. So we do do, we try our best to be really diligent and it's that fine line. And, you know, again, I have to even like have to credit my board as well. Like there's 12 of them and they have to take a lot of risk too to allow this to happen because there is no insurance. For COVID. If someone gets sick and decides to sue us or something, we got nothing. We mm -hmm, right. We're like, we're mm -hmm. just all taking a gamble that this is the right thing to do for the kiddos. Um, and yeah, not everyone even comes close to agreeing with me. Uh, yeah, man, and I get it. I do get it. I do, I do get it. But I, yeah, I also have my, my hills to die on, and this is one that I will die on. Jay, let me jump in because I'm like angry and passionate inside. Like it's like yeah. bursting to come out. Yeah. He, you were killing me, Tim. First of all, I get I get that you get it. Like you're, you know, it's a it's a pandemic. You want to make sure and be safe. And I think from talking to you for two seconds, I, I hope people would realize that and that would come across. Uh, I've seen it where in the summer I did a small group of just 10 kids because it was under the limit. And I still had some of those same looks that you say you're getting and everything. And it's yeah. like, no, no, I'm being safe. Nobody's positive. Like, you know, you do your screening and all that stuff. Um, and I just want to ask you two things. Number one, create yes. me a frequently asked question sheet, please. Number two, set up a call center that goes directly to my cell phone. I will read the sheet to every single person that complains to you passionately every time. Cause like I have my own kids need to get out for mental health and I get the balance of that and the, and the COVID and all that. But I think the way you're going about it and handling it's the right way. And if it's your cross to bear and it's, it's a good cross to bear. I really, yeah. I, I it, it may end up being that way. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, I, you know, when I, a lot of the times I push the limits on things and I'll, and I'm not going to push the limit on kids being safe from that perspective, sure. but I will push sure. the limit on making sure that they're not a, stuck in an abusive home because they got to get out of there and yes. someone's job to get them out of there. And we've made that our job. We are using sport and play to create safe space. So there's just really no excuse. Um, like I just, God, 
I love you. I think I love you. <laughs> so it's like I want my I mean, so weird. I, just wait till you I actually want... like start talking to people who like really like have to work with me on a daily basis. You can yeah. interview them privately. Uh, I will. I will. That'll be our next uh, yeah. follow-up show. Uh, I wanted to ask this, and uh, you know, I was thinking of questions with my wife, and she, we t- started talking about this. This might be this st- a stupid question, but now it's on her. So, <laughs> why, why are free sports so hard to develop in Canada? Mark, you and I had a question. That we I talked about this right before you got on, Tim. It's like, why are, why is it so hard? Like, the. You, you you sent a tweet that said the grant process is so broken, oh, and I love that tweet. I was like, like ten times. I got a lot of trouble for that one. <laughs> I know. I, every time I pressed it, it was like, wait, it got rid of the like. I was like, no, I want to like it even more. So what? Like, okay, talk to us as as you know as coy as you want to be about it, but like, yeah, like does that? No, the, to... I think there's like there's a tiering of problems when it comes to free sport. I mean, I, we've talked about some of them here in terms of just access and how hard it is if you don't have a ride and you're not in. A, so there's all those factors um, right. that we're to touch on. But I think the other factor we haven't talked about, which is something that you folks as you know more esteemed soccer coaches than I've been and players, um, is this obsession with being good. And like winning games and trophies and things like that. Like you just, you know how hard it is for us to find coaches who can like get through their mindset that this isn't, you're, you're not going to win a trophy here. It, it, it's yeah. so hard. Like so yeah. Yeah. hard. And people will say that they can do it. But then when you get out there and you're like just playing for fun and creating fun space and like you see the kids progress with their skills, but you're not like going to win some championships and putting them into big competitions and, like there's there that's one of the i think one of the big failures is hmm. tying a win to a win of something that's a, a trophy or a medal or a ranking or a placing or a score so because it automatically so values the you free actually footy, get parents right? do you actually get parents at your free footy or the free play asking like okay are there a trophy they just won the game or like is at the end of the season or at the end of the term or whatever uh, we used to do that and it was, we went through all kinds of different iterations of like how to keep okay. it fair. Um, and we used to have, it was, it was crazy. We used to have a, a huge tournament at the end of the year where you can picture 3000 kids there on one, <sighs> one massive pitch and the final game, you know, the grade five, six game, which was the, the peak of the, the league yeah. the program. Then now we go all the way up to grade 12. Um, there would be like 3000 people watching Oh my God. It's five and six. Wow. And it was like the most mind blowing epic experience. Yeah. But as we learned more and progressed more through understanding what we're really trying to do here, <clears throat> that started fading. And we did get questions. Yeah. We got questions actually when it was for a long time. It was, well, for the longest time and still so tied to schools with teachers and principals and custodians and school staff being the coaches and bringing the kids to the programming. And then we just like activate programming when we moved away from scores and trophies and winning and that kind of stuff there was actually a lot of questions from the adults from the, the that school group of like oh this isn't the same it's not competitive anymore and like, oh okay but that's not what we're doing anymore like we get like yeah. that's, not, that's not what we should be doing so we're changing yeah you don't like it well i'm sure the kids will still come but you don't have to like <laughs> um 
Hmm. Yeah. So it was, I think that the, to answer back to your question, why free things don't work well is because we associate free with being meaningless from some perspectives. Wow. Um, and then the, then the, the layer of just how hard it is to make something actually free, like our budget to pull this off is not even close to free. Like there's a lot of money being poured into this thing to, to the kids on, on retrospect, very small. If you like are considering, you know, um, childcare after school, which essentially is what we are, especially right now being five days a week, we're free yeah. childcare. And what would you pay for that? Yeah. That's what we're doing. So we're just offering parents who really need it free childcare that's focused and has an outcome, which is, um, as, as uh, Mark suggested, um, making better leaders. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, I just want to stare at you. Like, I don't don't know what's like, I'm like blown away. I don't know what to do. I'm just like, I feel like I'm at a Ted talk and I just want you to talk for the next four hours of my life. You know what? Why did you make it weird though? Yeah, you know no, what? That's my no, thing. I'm the no. guy who makes things weird. He didn't make it weird. I, that's why I said what I said. Mark, you're on the same page because it does feel like a TED Talk. It does feel like yeah. what we've done as coaches that we've tried is meaningless. And it's like, yeah. it, no, that, it's, I know, I know, but I no, yeah, I, and, yeah. But it's like, I get what you're saying. What, if we can add, if we can add something, no, but like if we can learn something from you and take and everyone listening, saying, okay, look, you know what you have seen, what you've dealt with, you know, you ins and outs, some of these families and it would be stupid to say, okay, it doesn't happen in Ottawa. It does. And if we can mitigate it somehow by um, maybe helping create that safe space, safe space and, and um, not focusing on the trophies and, and focusing on more inclusion, maybe encouraging our clubs because we all have a stake in our club and a vested interest in soccer, but we should have a vested interest in kids developing as human beings, which we all do. We say it. Yes. But I'll admit it, even as a teacher, yeah, and you sure. nailed me. You nailed it. You said, I always say, like, oh, okay, winning is secondary, but it's like, when it comes down to it, if I'm being honest, like, let's be honest, like, I hope, uh, of course I want to win. I'm not thinking about what the kid has to deal with when he's at home or dealing with divorced parents or whatever situations at home. And, and I think, you know, that people can take, that's a big takeaway that we can implement right away is just having that empathy. I don't know if there's anything, Tim, you want to add on to that. No, I I think you did a really great job. Like having the empathy, like you might not be able to sympathize, but you can definitely empathize and get educated. Um, And educated doesn't necessarily mean another certification. I think those certifications are important and we push all our coaches as much as we can through them. Um, Cause yes, they are important, but there's also a lot of certifications that we don't even consider for a coach. Like, you know, well, as, as you would have as a teacher, all the background you have of dealing with children, like why don't we have those people coaching? Yeah. Um, and what do we can, what can we do more? I mean, I, I, and I didn't make what I said, what, what I said before sound like I was coming off from teachers because I love, the teachers are the foundation yeah. we'll do, and as soon as we are back um, from pandemic life, well, I hope they will still be involved in the program as much sure. as, as they want to be. But also recognizing we can't just keep dumping on them um, more things to do, and that's what we're trying to stop. But that's the, those are the people who want coaching, the people who understand children, like yeah. especially under the age of twelve. Good grief! Like, why do you need to know the ins and outs of offside traps and? anything really like know yeah. the ins and outs of how, what makes a child happy and how they learn and you'll probably do a lot better as a club even 
you have people like that around your kids versus someone with the technical skills, I think. Yeah. You know, yeah. just listening to you right now, it's so fast. And I don't want to go off on a tangent here with all this, but like to a quick thing, it's like somebody like Tim, who's obviously so much you know, a different way of thinking than all of us who have been coaches and this and that. I mean, why, and I, I don't want to push anything on you, but why yeah. isn't the CSA having somebody like Tim educate coaches? And, you know, like, why isn't he talking to every single learn to train coach before it comes or a video or this, or, you know, like we always watch these dumb videos in a coaching course and stuff, and it makes no sense, but like what you're saying should be in every ear of every coach in every country on earth. And I'm not I know being, why. you know, no, I know why Mark It's genius by you, but I know why, because everyone's going to go home and be like, I'm not as good as him. I'm not, I'm done. With <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, no, no, honey, you're not watching the video. This guy's like, <laughs> or but, it's, or it's that mentality that maybe you were alluding to earlier is maybe that all we want to do is like, it's a competitive club. we got to train. This kid's got to get his, it's like, relax who cares and i think i and i think that's the biggest takeaway i'm going to take from you is when my whole thing of of when i tell my kids it's like i want to coach all my kids okay to be good soccer players but i'd rather have my 20 kids that i coach turn into tims because the world will be better Don't do no, no, I'm serious, man. Like this, this is, is like my tires here. This is good. This is great. Without this, shit, the part where you cut your hair, Tim, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm really. This really hit home with me, and I, I really yeah. appreciate it, pal. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's fantastic. Can you guys also edit out my previous answer where I said I want to go and win Tim's league earlier in the show? <laughs> <laughs> Can we edit it? Because. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta get that. Like, no, no, that's from an emotional perspective. Thank you. Yes, that's Creating what he meant. Creating <laughs> leaders and good humans. That's what okay. I mean. Let's but let's. Were, I, yeah, yeah, I heard. I heard that. <laughs> let's flip the script, Tim. This is yeah. a rapid fire, and this is where after this uh, we let you go back and save the world and let us uh, be pretenders <laughs> here. But this is rapid fire, so don't think too much and just answer right away. Okay. And I don't think this will be a problem for you, but uh, I have like. Five or six questions. Yeah, I don't okay. think too much normally. So, <laughs> okay. I didn't mean like that. This I, I'm terrible host. I'm a terrible. Okay, here we go. Ready? Yep. My wife wanted to know this. When you're six years old, what did you want to be when you grow up? Five seconds to answer. Professional soccer player. Uh, first Stoke. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Only my dad's dad. Yeah. Okay. Android or Apple? Apple. Love you. Yes. Betty or Veronica? Both? Yes. Oh, wow. So we've opened up a new door here. I love it. (laughs) He is better than us. That was a good answer. It was a great answer. Answer. Yeah. Yeah. Travel to Barcelona or Miami? Barcelona. Ready for this? (laughs) Multiple choice question you don't know the answer to. Which letter are you choosing? A, B, C, or D? Wow. Just as a teacher, I always do it. Even though I know it's cliche, I still do see. Okay. Um, what would you rather produce from your skin? Sunscreen or soap? Sunscreen. That's good. Beautiful. Why? Do you burn? Oh, I feel like yeah. You burn. Are you a redhead? You a redhead? Okay. Yeah. okay. And sunscreen is more useful to the world than soap. 
Okay, this is the world's worst question, but I got it off Reddit. It's so, it's so stupid, but I want to impress Mark because he usually comes up with these. Would you rather wrestle a crocodile or your father naked? <laughs> what? It's such a good... I thought it was so bad. It's either it could go either way. I don't know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, what are you going to choose? I'm going that for crocodile. I am going for crocodile. Cro- crocodile. He says yeah. crocodile. Mark, I need to know your answer. Mark, just oh quickly. Oh, my God. It's a crocodile all day. Crocodile. Crocodile all day. Oh, my God. Okay. That is the greatest question of Sagar Snob's history. Okay. And this is the last one. It's so poignant. It's perfect for Tim because he's probably going to make some people teary-eyed in the show and also laugh. Would you rather $50 every time you made someone cry or $100 every time you made someone laugh for the rest of your life? Dollars. Come on. Yeah. Someone laugh. Okay. Good. And yeah. So you don't make anyone cry ever? No, laugh. Uh, well. Uh. Happy cry. Okay. Yeah, happy cry. I mean, uh, okay. yeah. Usually people, yeah. Happy cry. You know what? Yeah. My my most often, I guess, yeah. Sometimes when I do those big speeches, I, I actually, I the hardest thing I have. I'll end this way. The hardest thing I have is actually when I do speeches, and I haven't done obviously them in a long time. Is when they when I get pushed to go to that place, like I talked about, a, your heart being scarred. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time of not. Uh, I'm notorious for crying. And, and, all, and actually yeah. a lot of people in the soccer community when I because they're used to being giving speeches are like okay is he gonna cry this is the point he's gonna cry like, <laughs> I can almost predict it now so but it shows crazy. how much it shows how much it means to you you can tell and I yeah. remember that conversation I had with you and I was like got off the phone with you I was like oh my god like that, that guy just climbed 10 mountains and to do that and it's like and I got off going, oh, my God, there's so much more that we need to do. And you're doing it, and but you're not boasting about it. You're just grafting. You're doing it. And I, what what, what got me onto you, uh, your Twitter and everything was like, this guy quit his job at CBC to do free soccer. I'm like, why why can't I have the guts to do that? And and when I went more in the story, and it's amazing, and I haven't stopped following you, and I, and I never will, and uh, I really hope uh, – you know, that we can get you on for another version of this and, and build yeah. on to the, some things that like Mark's going to ask another question where it could be yeah, here for yeah. hours. But... I just, I just need to ask you that a quick question. Are you planning yeah. or is there a plan to expand to different cities? Uh, that, that is the, like the aspiration. I think okay. one of our biggest challenges at the moment here is like we're really trying to carve out it change it we change so much which is the thing that drives okay. everyone around me, me crazy because i'm like never happy with it's not perfect enough yet i just keep yeah. changing and I, I honestly think it gets better and like my my team are incredible now um at adapting to these things and making stuff happen so the the first thing i always say is like hey, we need to nail the structure and it's getting close it's getting so close and then okay. the second piece that actually I really want to land, which I haven't actually talked about in many places, is I really want to land a, um, a facility because I, I okay. see the facility as actually being the revenue model to fund the free stuff. Kind of the Robin Hood model. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Charge yeah. all the people that can pay for that time to fund all the free programs and how we kind of envision this facility is really being that 
the neighborhood hub, the, the school, really. Um, and that's the shopping mall of service concept where it's a recreation quote unquote facility, but really it's a home. And in that home, you can do your programming, you can see your doctor, you can get free groceries with dignity, like it looks like a grocery store. You know, you can uh, talk to child and family services. You can, uh, there is prayer space and prayer rooms to respect everybody in all the different faiths. Uh, you know, like trying to really make this center like a home, like a real home for so many people. And then um, we kind of talk about how we're going to fill that space, which is really thinking about it as like a tiering structure of tier one is um, you match our values and you can pay the bills. And tier two is you match our values, but you can't pay the bills and we have to figure out how to pay them for you. And tier three is you can just pay the bills to help pay for tier one and tier two. Hmm. And so that's where we're sort of looking at it. And I, that's what I kind of hope is someday to see like now our name, like the free play centers or whatever they get, end up being called across the country and the programming and the, that home space rolls out from there. Um, that's, if I, that's my, that's my, if I, if I can get a facility, I think I'll be happy. And because I do think that will turn into a revenue model. Like I, and I always say this to people, like, I don't know how much longer I can keep begging, you know, like just fighting the grant system all the time and people back us like for sure. Yeah. But it's so hard to keep begging for money after money. Like there's gotta be a way this thing is sustainable. And I, that's the only thing I can think of is to make it sustainable is having that facility to, to generate some revenue to pay for the free stuff. Cause it's not totally free. Totally agree. Self-service. This is, this is like, that's, we have to have you on and uh, we'll, we'll coordinate it. We have to have it on. If you're listening and you have questions and, and yeah. send it in and uh, like, well, I will, I get to ask Tim the next time, like, or actually go on to your Twitter. What's your Twitter handle again? I should have. Uh, it's, it's Tim Adams and then an FF for free footy. Yeah. Used to be Tim Adams CBC, but I uh, yeah. sent a bad tweet and they told me to remove the CBC. <laughs> <laughs> what about a uh, website, Jay, just to finish the promo? Oh, it's uh, freeplay.com. Freeplay.com. And then you'll see free Check footy, basketball and free hockey. and. Awesome. And you'll see the glorious team of, of staff who really do actually the work. And I just talk. That's amazing. 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 Um, thank you so much, Tim, for yeah, coming on the show. You do it. I really appreciate it. And it was, it was brilliant. We offended you and, and praised you at the same time, probably a thousand times over, but you, you're brilliant. And, and uh, yeah. honestly, probably one of our best guests yet guys. Uh, fantastic. Yeah. And um, so thank you. And uh, we're Thanks definitely so having you on another time. I'll be back. Awesome. Thanks, right. Take hey. care. Thank you. Bye, everybody. See ya. Guys, that was like, that was life-changing in a way for me. Like, like when I first talked to him on the phone, like months ago, it was like in the heart of the pandemic. I was like, you know what? I'm going to call this guy. I, what am I doing? I'm sitting here reading books. and I, Like I, I saw one of his tweets. I'm like, I'm going to call him. So I texted, you know, finally got through and he, and he got back to me right away. And we had similar conversations in that you guys asked some questions that I didn't think of. And it went further than, than what we, what we had, but like, what'd you guys think, Mark? Like, what'd you guys, what'd you think? Obviously you said you loved him. Like I did. Yeah. The, at the end of the day, like we just had like a mild debrief before we hit record again, because like, it's almost unairable how much we were gushing about this guy, because it's at the end of the day, cheese or not, it changed me as a coach like that. 
like flip of a switch, how I, how I look at all this and how I go into this mentally. Like it really did. And I almost want to like have a picture of him in my wallet. Cause when I start to lose focus, like I just need to reset and think of like how to de like, what, what are we trying to achieve? And the thing that killed me and I wrote it down is we're servicing the 0.5. And that, that really resonated with me. It's like, we're servicing literally, we're all working for the 0.5 and not the 99.5. That killed me. Like that was just like, what? What are we doing? We have it completely backwards. Yeah, Steve, I, uh, what was it for you? I, 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 took two, I took three pages of notes. Like I've never done that with a guest. No offense to our guests. I'm, I'm enthralled <laughs> with their stories. Yeah. But like this was like, and it, because it speaks to our mission statement and what we want to do and, and where we want to go. And we don't even entirely know where we want to go we just want we know we want to be involved in things like this and we know we want to give back to the game i mean i i, I don't know I, I can just gush for hours I, I i'll take a bit of a a counter point to mark if that if that's it it's not a counter but it's a i think we can accomplish both in mm -hmm. my mind the way i think is I, I think mark's point of the 0.5 and everything is for sure brilliant and it's not me just trying to cop out because i said i want to win his free play without trophies but <laughs> brilliant. I, I i just for me it's i want kids to have the passion that i have for the game if they don't they don't I, you can't make everybody like something but i want to i want that to be come through to kids and i want that them to feel that and to just love it and want to be in an environment that he brings up. And for me, that's soccer. That's what I know. And if, if I was involved in stuff like this with him or the things we want to do, I think that that passion comes through and helps. And I think you can do that with the Alfonso Davies. And I think you can do that with, like he said, the person who goes on to become a, a politician or a, a teacher or a janitor or whatever it is, but the whole the creating leaders piece that resonated to me. And it just like, there's so much, it's almost overload. Like Mark said, for me, like, Every time he talks, I just think of, like, when I asked him, like, why are free sports so hard to develop in Canada? And, like, he nailed it because, you know, the pay to play and everyone wants to win. And I, I'll take it further. I think in, in Canada and, you know, and everyone's guilty of this. It's our culture. It's we're, we're kid-centric instead of family-centric. So it's like we're, we want our kid to be the best, but we're not thinking communally, like, well, what about the kids across the street? Like, I don't see them playing. Like, we're not thinking about them. And I know there's some programs. I know some clubs do this. And I know, uh, you know, our club, Steve, uh, and I'm sure Gloucester does suffer some people, but it's not like, it's not like a culture, like a raw, a bedrock of how we act. And it's like, I know now, and I love this and they do it at schools. Like, are you willing to donate to help another kid, um, uh, you know, play, which I think is great, but I think we need to do more than that. It's like, yeah. You know, don't just care about your own and, and try and think outside your family. And we, we need to do more of that. It's not just like do one-time donation. It's like, how can we get more kids to play? Steve, you, there should be so many kids that should have the opportunity to be coached by you. Same with you, Mark, and other great coaches who are listening. But they can't get there because their parents don't drive. It's yeah. simple as that. That's yeah. the main thing. The buses, to me, is the biggest mind explosion I've ever had. It's like get buses from the school and take them somewhere and get them to play. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you guys. That to me wow. is the biggest barrier, right? hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a huge barrier for sure. And it's, it's why we're kind of the, our soccer clubs 
are where they are right now with the fees and who we service essentially like that's what it is i mean and to go back to the whole coaching thing that steve mentioned and and steve was right because me i went you know a little too far on this like we are brought in to a club to coach and develop soccer players i mean the only reason we're doing that too and we can say like oh it's about the kids or about this it is for sure but when you're charging parents a thousand dollars a term that's where you lose the fun element and where you lose like the kids free play free space element because parents and people are paying us thousands of dollars every couple of months if we go out onto the field and let them screw around not screw around that's the wrong word but like go play free go do this go do that you're gonna have 40 emails when you get home saying my kid's not developing i'm gonna go to this place it's all it's 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 all created for us to create soccer players, not people. And that's where I think I'm this kind of resonated with me where it's like, I want to service the kids. I want the kids to get better to, at soccer. That's my job. And that's what I like. But I also, like Steve said, it's got to be a dual, a dual uh, achievement here. And I think with the, it's all about money. You can call yourself a rec club, a recreational club. We want to do this for fun. We want long-term. You can call yourself anything you want, but when you're charging what you're charging, you're now a competitive club. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, community is a very interesting point, Jay. Like you, you hit a, hit home with me there. Like, what are you doing communally to help? Like as a, as a culture, you know, I just think immediately to like my situation right, right now, just here at, at my house, like, my son is going into the backwoods, pouring water from a, a, a cooler to fill in a rink he's got. And there's like six kids that go and they're, they're like probably see lowest level hockey players, but like, it's the best thing ever. Like it, it makes, it fills me with pride that he does that. So what am I doing to help him? You know, like, yeah, I'll go out and drag the cooler one day. Why wouldn't I? It's not just for my kid. It's not for my kid to go play NHL. He's not it's it's like it's a community thing like so it just it, it that example hit me and i was like geez like i should be more cognizant of that i love that point you made jay and like and then i think it bleeds into what mark's talking about and tim like you know if, if we are a soccer coach working at a club you know can we go to that p that point that you're saying mark you know we're not serving the 99 percent. i get i get where you're going i think we both get where we're going it's, it's like jay when you teach i, I know how you teach you're gonna take that Alfonso Davies high, high learner who has all that potential and you're going to push him to, to be what he can. And you're going to push the last place kid in your class or whatever. Like that's the worst term for it or whatever, but you're going to push all of them to, to, to go into where they need to go. It, it's like, it gets real philosophical. I hope people don't think it's too cheesy, but it like, it just resonates big time to me. And I'm struggling to try and take what we're doing here and in my life and to, to output something better. Yeah, because and that's yeah, that's what's killing me, Steve, is exactly what you just said. It's like what we talked about in our mission statement, like we want to, you know, put money and 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 uh, and help kids get into these clubs and into play soccer. And that's like that's our goal. That's what we want to do. But I also think let's long term, it'd be amazing to have a, you know, a place where no, we don't have to pay a fee where we're just paying buses, you know, like it's all these next steps that you want to take. And that's by talking and listening to guys like Tim. Yeah. Yeah, I hope I wanted to ask them this question. Like, what do you, how do you feel about um, people fundraising for tournaments uh, that are extra tournaments that they, they just want to go on a trip and play in the elevators, like I always say, or go swimming in a, in a hotel when they're U10? 
and I wanted to see what he said and how that like look at how much he's tired the guy is tired man like from begging yeah. people for money and there's people throwing money yeah at tournaments I know tournaments I see, are fun I know it yeah. helps I know it helps kids but there's kids who can't even play teach your kids life lessons and to fundraise for kids who actually can't have access yeah, to it's funny you say that I was I was yeah. thinking about that today too because I, I I know you think that uh, you have that thought and I'm of the opposite in that way where I I don't mind taking my U10s to Montreal and, and putting some money together and stuff. I don't think we have to detract or take away from someone to add something in someone else. I think on top of that, what we do, we can add things to help others. I don't think we have to take away from, from our kids to add. And I'm not saying that's what you're saying. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Are, I don't know, but yeah. I'm going to take my kids to Laval from U9 to U18 every but, year. But my question is, why are you fundraising other people to pay for your trip oh yeah i'm we know yeah, that's, that's what bothers yeah. me if you pay the for bottle yourself, drives from the from the from the team stuff that that i could that i'm on board i don't i don't agree with that if you're going to go I mean, like, pay for the turn yeah, yeah exactly yeah. that's it because it's a okay. it's a want it's not a need these kids <clears throat> yeah. need a place to go they don't have a place to go and that's what he's that's what bothers me you want to go to the tournament you pay for yourself great i'm even open I'm even open to if you're U14, U15, you make nationals, it's a surprise. It's an undue, unexpected yes. cost that you find. Go find it. You know what? You made it. Got it. But like at the end of the day. You're getting that, Jay. You're, you're just like, yeah. you're, you're just reprioritizing. I think it's not taking away because I would agree with Mark on that, on that piece, but I would agree with both of you what you just said. I'm going to pay for my kid to go to that tournament. Yeah. But if I'm going to fundraise, why am I not fundraising for the hundred kids that can't even play 100%. and to, to speak competitively? Cause like at the end of the day, let's be honest, I have that competitive. You all do to speak competitively of said hundred, which was your question in about Alfonso Davies. How many are we missing? That might be our best player, yeah. you know? So like you're, you're not only not allowing people to, to play and, and to not develop and to miss future leaders. You're, you're actually counterintuitive to your competitive desire. Yeah. Cause you're, you're not, finding that extra player you're limiting and, your pool and i'm going to build on your point steve too just a little bit and uh, there's a parallel here but like you you mentioned how many alfonso davies are we missing in this uh, free play that he has and he played it off and that's fine I, I agree with that but let's say there is an alfonso davies in there or five of a little bit lesser and now they can go to school for free because of it Exactly. Or now they get it opens doors for people too. Like so, that competitive edge and that getting them to that next level might save their life. Might be that thing, and this free play turns that into that. So I agree with you. You know, in terms of like the Alfon next Alfonso Davies, why isn't he in there, and why can't five of them go to school for free because of it? And that's that's what builds out of these free. Right. Do, you, do you think do you think Tim is now talking to his wife saying, I just talked to those three losers <laughs> and uh, like they're probably talking about it right now. They're such big idiots. Like they have no hope. They're not even doing one twentieth of what we're doing. So anyway, yeah. what's for dinner My tonight? Elite. I'm wearing a shirt that says like elite <laughs> soccer <laughs> on it. <laughs> Like, it was hiding. You, you couldn't see it. No, you, you, can't. Down. <laughs> you can't really see it. And okay, guys. Like, hey, Tim. Hey, Tim. I'm going to win all your league. <laughs> I'm going to go in and dominate with my coaching and my soccer snobs team. It's going to be the best day, buddy. <laughs> How much do you want to put a team, though, in? Like, I, I'm. I can't I'm wait. If we, if we get yeah. fundraised enough, 
we'll yeah. help and sponsor a team. Why not? The best logo Obviously. in the world. Soccer snobs with somebody's nose up, like oh, just like a so nose good. up face. Come on. Imagine you get to be on that team and you get to wear the shirt and you're like, yeah. we're the soccer snobs. We're playing the the lizards or whatever they're called. Like I picture us being like the wrestling heel, like the bad guy who comes in with the soccer yeah. snob shirt up. And then like, we just march in and like all these kids <laughs> are just destroying it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. More importantly, what'd you guys think about my rapid questions and my cold open? I'm dying to know. The cold open. <laughs> you hated it. Was it was great. No, it was a beautiful idea. I loved it. I think it was your second question though. That was, kind of not a question yeah. but it was almost like it was exercise it was exercise it was like yeah. you exercise and he's like what do you mean and i'm like okay wait a minute you know exercise it was like it was so yeah, stupid I've been exercising seven months i don't know how to answer the question <laughs> oh, but i'm sorry the alligator and oh that's not question. mine though that's on reddit that's off reddit you that like that one look at yours it's I can't believe you asked him. Yeah, it was amazing. That was so good. I loved it. I uh, loved your, uh, your question. Okay, good, good. Because I was like sweating because uh, Mark usually comes up with like... No, bang. those were way better than mine. Betty and Veronica, come oh. on. That okay. was so good. Can I ask you, are you guys do rapid fire and we'll end it, okay, for these? Because okay. I'm trying to know your answers because that's why I really asked it. I love Tim to death, but I really asked it for you guys. Android or Apple? And Mark, go first. Android, Android. or Apple? Android. Steve? Apple. Wow. Betty or Veronica, Mark? Betty. Oh, oh well, wait. Betty's the dark hair, right? No, that's Veronica. Oh, Veronica. No, she's wow. mean and... Re- Steve? Steve? I've never read an Archie book. Betty. Betty. Betty's nicer. She's, is she? I don't know. I've never read them. From I don't know. lesser I, means. Lisa yeah. is Betty. You know? Okay. Travel to Barcelona or Miami? Oh, is it me? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm always wanting to go to Barcelona, places like that. Yeah. Steve? I, for sure, Barcelona. Been... But, I, but I went to Miami uh, after a soccer tournament and it was, I loved it. Well, it depends too. Like if I'm 19, Miami. If I'm 40, Barcelona. You know what though? No, you know what I want to do? I actually to, to like counter, like I just want to go against you all show. When I left, I was like, I have to go back here with my wife for like three days. This would be incredible to just like oh. putter around. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I picked it because Miami intrigues me and Barcelona is like incredible. But it's like, I think spring break. That's what I think when you no, say Miami, spring break. It's not Fort Lauderdale. Like, come on. Yeah. Okay. Look, that's, I love Steve was just like, come on, Mark, grow up. Fort Lauderdale? That's a spring break. I thought it was like Miami. <laughs> Fort Lauderdale is like Daytona? a family. Daytona, I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for calling me out. Coco Beach. <laughs> 90 year olds. Okay. Multiple choice question. You don't know the answer. A, B, C, or D. Mark, I'm dying to. I was going B. I went B with uh, really? him. Yeah. I'm with, uh, Jay, I'm with you. Like, I think about it and I still pick C. Yeah. But I see, know. what I used to do in those Scantron tests. Yes. We, there was a saying in our class abacadabba. That's what we do. Abacadabba, abacadabba, no all way. the way down. Yeah. And see I'm what we get. As a teacher, I always put the answer as C for like most of the time. And I know the cliche. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do C. It's C. I'm like, I'm not changing it. <laughs> or all of the above is always all of the above. <laughs> yes. 100%. Um, what would you rather produce from your skin, sunscreen or soap? Mark? 
it just seems like sunscreen is the more logical answer because I don't like burn too much, but like, I always forget sunscreen. Like when you're in the shower, you, there's no like, where's the soap? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. Yeah. I have to say it feels just like, it feels efficient. Like I could just do this. Yeah. I produced it myself and then I'm like, "Ah." yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but you know what the other one was and I didn't put on and now I regret it because this is so stupid idiot question that I did it was chocolate flakes and then you turned into a bar <laughs> but I didn't like it am I right to take it off was I right to take it off I don't really follow okay. it to be honest. yeah okay. you're right to take it off <laughs> okay and the, I'll, the crocodile one that you guys already answered and the last one $50 every time you make someone cry, which this almost backfired on this question with him because he got emotional. And I yeah. I knew it. That's why the question was kind of like a perfect tie-in. But it was like, he made me emotional too. And then, or $100 every time you make someone laugh. Mark? Laugh. Um, it's not even close for me. Yeah. It's easy. Laugh easy. I think I make more people cry. <laughs> so I think I would go, because I'm a teacher. Sometimes like I have to like discipline and like, you know, like there's some tears yeah. there. Like I deal with elementary kids. I don't make them. I don't, I don't set out to make them cry. This is like a therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> but like if I want to make money, I don't make enough people laugh. I, I do 50 bucks to make them cry and I make money. And then I give it to them. I'm like, Tim, <laughs> I'm giving them. Uh, yes. Yeah. yes you got full circle oh, and came back. <laughs> yes. So uh, follow Tim at, I think it was Tim FF. FF. Tim Adams FF. Tim Adams. Yeah, no, just listen to the show. It's it's uh, you'll you'll yes. hear it. Yeah. I'm brutal, but guys, thank you for letting me host this. I was so happy to do it. Like I just, it's, it's such a so close to my heart this topic, and uh, obviously you guys too. And uh, Mark, I'm going to tell people not to clean their fish tanks, to clean your house, the whole house. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening today. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and of course, leave us a five-star review. If you want to get in touch, you'll find us on Instagram at soccersnob1, on Twitter at soccersnobs1, by searching for us on Facebook, and of course on the web at www.soccersnobs.ca backslash listen. You can leave us your opinion, give us any comments, and if that's where you want to get nasty, feel free to do so.